When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, fun lulls episode on tap today. We have shadowy DFS grinder Uticao joining us. He's going to talk to us what he's been up to, why he's maybe rolling back some of his play these days, and everything else he thinks about the current DFS ecosystem. It's lulls with Brian and Pete. Let's go. I, does he think? I think he thinks this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS gods pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. All right, Brian, it's finally nice to get a DFS player back on this show who's actually won a Millie Maker. You know, we had been breaking our own rules there for a while. It's true. The quality of uh, player we've had on lately is gone way down p no i'm kidding uh yeah yeah it's good to have you on we've been trying to get you on for a while actually so it's good that uh, his schedule opened up and he's he popped on with us just so i know here for the for the conversation do do you want me to refer to you as yuda uh do you want the full yuda cow do you want to give me your government you can name? Go yuda. what's the best way to you do can it? go yuda that is the government name is it okay awesome yeah. there you go uh, well, we have Yuda joining us. I want to say this is maybe your just second kind of bigger public appearance. You did the podcast with Levitan on ETR in the spring. Is that true? Have you done any other media since then? Not in particular. Um, it's kind of in line with wanting to pivot away from DFS, just see what's out there. Just from that pod, even I've been getting like random connections, um, and it's like been useful to even cite off it. So, um, just sort of like seeing what's out there and, uh, it doesn't really matter for me to talk on DFS to any big extent. Hmm. Well, you're, you're going to probably get a whole bunch of invites after this one. So be prepared. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. But. I don't know. We, we had, it's been a, a conversation topic in DFS. And I don't know if you were following kind of even in the past couple of weeks with, you know, when Osimo was on here and made a, what I thought was a joke about nerdy tenor ruining DFS by sharing his process on some of these podcasts. It, has that been a consideration for you up until now of like, Hey, why would I go share what I do publicly? Um, not particularly for me. Cause my process is super no frills and might as well be just work hard. Um, as far as like how I approach it, there's no software or like Sims or really stuff like that. I'll use the optimizer, um, but it's a lot of just like macro thinking and then grind it down to like the play level. So it's just a lot of legwork. And for me, like being a decade in, I've been able to just repeat the process so t so many times that 
it almost seems as if like I have the sim in my head. So I never really had to branch out in that direction because it just feels as though my tendencies of like trying to beat the game over time and like seeing it change, it like evolved my own play style in a way that where it was like, I was always studying how people would play and I was recognizing how the metas over time were shifting. So um, for me, it was never really like, there was no real process shift. It was just a slow shift and like evolution of myself and the play style was came with it. Do you, do you make your own projections? Do you aggregate? Do you aggregate and then mess with those projections? I, uh, I project everyone manually, every slate, even like the baseball and NBA. So it was just like in the past, that process might've taken two hours and now it might not even take one hour, but it's still not it's still like a lot more like work than hitting the, hitting a button on a SIM and like sifting through those. Cause I feel like in that situation, it might take you an hour to do the whole thing. So I, I would take an hour just to project and then however remaining time I have left, I'll be building. I know you, uh, well, I'm guessing cause we've, we've talked offline and, I, and you sent me some screenshots that you use fan graphs then for baseball. It looks, it looked like, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, Who does it? So, so yeah, so you're bottom up, you're, you're making your own projections. Have you ever like compared them to the content site and seen if you're more accurate or anything like that? Yeah, I, I aggregate from those, but then that actually allows me to see where I'm being different. And if it's like a source of fragility where I just think they're wrong, it actually is a signal to lean into my own stuff heavier. That makes sense. Cause it's not really about what you know, necessarily. Like, yes, projections are the most important thing that is going out. Um, but it's more important. It's kind of matters twofold if you know something that others don't. So I'll like, at some point, artificially boost factors that I know are correct directionally. But even I'll, I'll like double count on purpose if I know other people aren't on something, basically. And have you noticed that kind of edge of you being, you know, organically contrarian by generating your own projections? Have you noticed projections getting sharper and, and diminishing that over the years? I haven't noticed uh, projections getting sharper really in any form, but you could argue that more people are using projections in the current ecosystem. So that alone would be an argument to get away from projections, at least as they are like you. I'm sure most people do some tweaks, um, but I, I don't think projection systems get sharper, nor do I think projection sources are even trying to get sharper. Interesting. Why do you think they're not trying to? Well, they're also run by players too. Mm -hmm. So if no one's gonna question the projection they're putting out, why would you put out your best? I'm not saying people are doing that, but like, there's no, there's no reason to like give out the, the best projections per se from yeah. their standpoint. I mean, there, there is some more dynamics going on there. Like the owners of some of these sites barely play anymore and they're more interested. Right. In but there's also little, there's little accountability on their end. So like there, there's very little accountability if they didn't necessarily, if they knowingly gave like 95% of what their best is, it would never get back to them and it, it wouldn't even matter. So you, you're of the belief that some sites are intentionally 
not giving their best possible projections to their subs? I'm I'm sure it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's got to be in the range of outcomes. <laughs> like uh I mean I know like, it's like Yeah. I I mean I know some of the guys at Stochastic they don't they don't use their projections because they're not on like that projections team. I don't know all the inner workings of all the sites, obviously, but I do know a lot of the guys. So like, I know for sure some of the guys like, you know, Josh Engelman, just for example, he uses his own stuff. Like you could tell from looking at uh post content. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, I know Steve buzzard to the Colts. He does his own stuff. Um, and I think Sean runs most of the projections now Sean's on. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you're not getting like I imagine the entire team's not working on the projections all day and arguing over is the guy going to get 27 minutes or 21 minutes. And uh, yeah, I, I imagine. Yeah. You're not getting like an aggregate sharp group thing of projections. You're getting like two guys projections with a team behind them, but they're approving it. So it's not really like, uh, it's not really like a, like a very, thorough approach from the whole site, especially when there's a time sensitive factor to it and they're all playing, which is why it's very hard to manage. Um, I'd be inclined to think the ones where like the guys making it aren't playing are going to be a little more reliable because it's just the sole focus. Hmm. That's an interesting dichotomy yeah. because people, Adam in the chat mentioning the skin in the game thing and wanting the touts and the people doing that to have skin in the game to make them better but you're actually saying just the time element might actually make it uh less uh of a factor if they're not giving everything to the projections it's probably mba specific but yeah i mean uh it'd be impossible to put out your best projection if you are playing at a high level hmm. like i if hypothetically i started outside i couldn't really do that at a high level it would be one or the other but they do have that they have the guy running the projection and then they have the touts who are playing so it's not exclusive i think also like etr is kind of a different dynamic to a little bit um most of those guys were content guys more than professional yeah. dfs players like the almost i'm trying to i think the entire like most of the team right pete maybe i'm wrong yeah, and like so wiggins, like wiggins i considered way more yeah. on the playing side than content sure wiggins uh dink maybe um no, if you watch the etr like mba stuff um whoever does the shows i think dink's on there sometimes at like if they ever go long and it's like six o'clock or something he, he'll be like oh i gotta run because it's like it's getting too close to lock and he has to, it's kind of his responsibility to manage and like oversee the projections, but he's also playing. So I think yeah. that's even indicative of like it being a tough balance and he's not playing like super high stakes, but just if he wasn't doing the projections, he could probably like fiddle with it more. But you yeah. could also like just screw the customer, get the projections, do your stuff and then release it with five minutes left, even though you were done 10 minutes ago or something, you know, like, well, I was arguing that if you were to do that, no one would come. It wouldn't come back to you. Yeah, so like, like um, I'm not. I'm not even pointing fingers. It's just like, yeah, it's a occupational hazard. It's a. It's an. I think it's an important idea too. Not many people are talking about it. The, the like, I just, I do think there's still like, eat like ETR's brand is they want to be the sharpest 
the sharpest numbers out there. And so it is an incentive for them to like oversee who's ever doing this and get rid of somebody who would possibly not be putting their full faith and effort into it. So there are other incentive and consequences for, for this, but I mean, do you think if you, you did it, let's say you ran one of these sites, NBA product, like how much difference would the, the projections be? You know, what, what oh, they wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do both. I just wouldn't be responsible for both play gameplay and putting out timely projections. And, but then like how more accurate would your projections be? Like, what would the R? I mean, I would personally use the same just because it takes work to create shittier projections. So like, I'm not going to like, it's just a, like, it's just a different entire, entire process. I was trying to like more like say like how how I guess I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming most base projections are algo driven, but there's a lot of feel based stuff and like the art, arts art side of it that goes into it, where that that would be the side that I wouldn't release. Because you can yeah. easily do algo driven stuff, but there's there's specific like game knowledge things that you can put out where algos probably wouldn't even factor and they might not agree with. Could you give an and example? That's the part that you don't want to get. Can you give an example? Just like uh, bullshit narrative type stuff, or like um, coach coach tendencies to go small, some shit like that, or like um, it's it's situational, like lumbering big versus up and down three point shooting team. You can't rely on. You you kind of hope that guy played Jokic and Embiid a couple days before, because that's a very specific matchup driven thing you're going from having to guard a big boy to now probably having to guard like a small ball four or something um if people use that assumption that like the zuba play is gonna like play the same versus Embiid against like the warriors or something the next day it's pretty pretty erroneous assumption it sounds like you know we we had a former pro player chess is okay on a long time ago. And he uh, said that he spent 80 hours uh, a week kind of researching building. And a lot of people kind of scoffed at that rolled their eyes talking to you. It does sound like you are more of a roll up your sleeves and put in the time kind of guy. Like how many hours on a, on a regular week are you investing into your all your entire DFS process? Um, I kind of touched on it earlier. It was a lot more before, not so much now because it's been internalized. So Maybe at one point I was 80 hours. Um, now it's probably like, I mean, I still game watch. So if you count those, it's still plenty of hours. But in terms of raw manpower, like you don't have to necessarily game watch. Um, it's a lot less. It's It doesn't need to be 40. Mm-hmm. Do you Did you ever hire anyone like code out something to help your process to speed up that time during the week? Only for specific like independent research projects where I thought it could be like a split or like a difference making thing, but never in like really to structure my play or like help me help me um, on a day to day. How about partners? Ever any partners? No. No, smart man. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah, we know where that goes. Projections and then and then we're going projections right in the optimizer. Yeah, I mean, shitload of shitload of rules, uh, shitload of rules, even NBA correlation type stuff. But that's off the dome. That's not even like, I guess it's like 
you've been like, you guys have been like on the sim conversation a lot, right? I think what the sims actually do is just like boil down that aspect of like ownership, uh, correlations, maybe some game theory construction into like its own factor. Like it's, it's simplifying that aspect, but like if you're spending all this time and thinking about that anyway, um, doesn't, you don't really need to go in that direction. And that's sort of, those are like the skills that I've like honed in over time. So this is why personally, I've never used a SIM, but um, if you were to ask me if I think a SIM would make me a better player, I'd say, yeah. Okay. That was always my intuition. Um, rules. So NBA, are you doing like, you know, no bigs from the same, no center from the same team, just right off the top of your head, or are you just popping in a bunch of guys you don't want the same? What else is there? That's that's like a slate. That's all like a slate by slate basis. If you're going to have like two, three K centers on the same team and like the starting center is like some massive force who's going to like, where there's going to be like trickle down stuff. It doesn't really matter if the second guy is going to get 18 minutes in their mid price. So you, you couldn't just exclude those, mm -hmm. but it's like case by case. Maybe like if it was like players of like clashing styles, like how I mentioned, like playing, playing big or playing small, a lot of matchups, it has to go one way or the other. So like, maybe you can exclude people who are like negative correlated in that aspect. So you said you did some like independent research on specific projects or thinking if there was a, a hidden edge, but you're not using Sims. So is the idea like you want to find these more macro trends or undiscovered edges and then apply them individually yourself on a slate by slate basis, but knowing that the sauce has already been researched with models, is, is that a fair characterization? Um, the projects I'm thinking of are basically just splits where I have a hypothesis of, of something and I want to see if it's true, but it's something, things that just aren't spoken about. Mm -hmm. So where on that spectrum, you know, our, our guy, Travis Petty has been, has been joking brains over ball. You still seem very projections focused, numbers focused, but there has to be an element of knowing ball of kind of the art more than science here. That's a huge part of your process. I think the knowing ball is the projection, okay. right? Um, it factors into the projections a lot, especially when you're going into matchup type stuff, right? Like it doesn't matter as much in baseball where it's one one percentage versus another percentage. There's still like matchup driven stuff, but it doesn't matter as much as when it's 11 guys interacting with 11 guys or five with five. I'm I'm still uh, thinking about the rules. I've, I haven't been using that <laughs> yeah. in a while. Um, <laughs> you like basically well, like if you have a sim, if you have a sim and you're correlating your plays, that's kind of what the rules are to to yeah. one extent. Well, that's right? where like, sim is better though. You know, because backing is a rule, right? But a sim like for the bit like the 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 two bigs at three k or something, you know, an optimizer, it's an either or option. So you can either say don't play them, or I'm not going to make this rule. Where a sim you know, you could compare and go, oh, actually, I probably shouldn't play them, even though they're both 3K today. There's the sample sizes on those situations in the sim are going to be very small because the rosters change. 
personnel will change and you might have a sample of like one or zero of that specific guy being out in that specific matchup. So it's useless really to rely on sim driven historicals for those. Um, I, I, I guess that's fair. Yeah. If the projection, um, if the sim play by play guesses are really garbage, then yeah, it's not going to tell you much. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think I'd give it more credit than that. And you're also comparing against other options, uh, which is, which is, which is part of it. And at least you're, at least you're attempting a guess in an educated way compared to an optimizer, which is just yes or no. Um, so I don't know I would, I, I, I think that, but either way, I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm not a sim bro. I like, I mean, I, in a vacuum, I like the Sims. I think they're cool. I, I don't really care for using them myself, but, and I don't think it's like the end of DFS either. Cause I'm sure the best sim guys have already been simming for years. Right. And so it's kind of just a buzzword and, um, Accurate projections are still going to be like five, ten times more important than having access to like contest sims. Um, they're they're a multiplier, and it, they're not a large one. They're a multiplier. They're like a one point zero one multiplier on you. Yeah, I mean, in and the like sim- even worse. Yeah, I guess it could fool like a losing player into thinking they are having a perceived edge, right? Like, if you, I, I really believe that you already have to be fairly sharp to use the sim as well. Um, so hypothetically, if I were to use it, it would be almost like out of saving time more than uh, thinking it would be making me better. Uh, personally, I think because I'm because it's like, like I said, it's boiling down a bunch of like, of these like factors that have nothing to do with the projections, like the field stuff. Um, I would rather not have an algo that I didn't create personally, tell me how to weight those things. Yeah. And it's also like there might be a hundred people using that algo. So like we can we can operate on the assumption right now that say like having access to like one of the top sim products, I don't know what they are. Um, let's say that puts you plus EV right now. Just plugging in ETR projection into ETR sim or stochastic projection into stochastic sims, you are now plus EV just if you like put in some simple parameters and run those lineups. Um if that's the case, those users would be like the new wave. And that might have already happened already, by the way. Like the the guys who have been simming for years might have already like tapped into that. And the sims now might actually be late. We don't know. Um, I think if we got to the scenario where like that's the new meta, it's going to saturate to the point where like, like, uh, the industry is going to consolidate on a few sims. And in that case, it also probably consolidates on a few projection sources. And then the, if you consider it like that way, the like sim approved lineups would be overused. If, if the sims are good, this would be like, it could be right now. It could be like a year or two from now, but you'll have like this over sim meta where like we would need to come and get like a bigger brain to like, create a sim beating sim. You know what I mean? Like, so if you're going to sim, you you should do it now because there's going to be diminishing like sim returns. I mean, theoretically though, in that scenario, the people making the fields should recognize that the sims are over sampled now, and then they would adjust the ownership in the field and then it would change again. 
So it would be whatever I mean, I don't think... comes up with a better field first. Sure, but then that would just be marginal. Like making making a field is 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 an art as well. Making a field is really tough. And so, like the better the yeah. person is at that, the more. Because just think about it, Yuda. If you had the CSV already, you knew what everyone's going to play, even after late swap. This would help you immensely. So the closer, yeah. But then, like, did, go ahead. Yeah, your typical user is just going to use the field that is provided. So it doesn't really change that. If the sim is the thing that got them over the edge from minus EV to plus EV, um, that player is going to succeed. And then at some point, it'll be over simmed. Sure. Well, I don't care about sims anyways, Pete. I'm, I'm over sims. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're out here ordering protein powder on Amazon. and uh, Protein? That's an alpha brain, buddy. You, know? you brain. need the biggest brain out there. Well, so we, we, we make lineups we, we, we in the optimizer. We're beyond that. We make some rules. Do you then export that and sift through a bunch of lineups through some sort of process looking for combos? Uh, do you have a portfolio yeah. theory in mind? What do you do then? Uh, if it's a Sunday, I have to like approve everything. So it's essentially hand building, like they're generating, but I'm manually making the edits. So like I'll use what my rules and parameters give me, but it's still betting from there. Um, and Sunday is the only time you have all the time available to do it with the news cycles. Um, is that what you're getting at? Kind of like, I mean, you could either like, like an NBA, sometimes you have no time and you just yeah. uh, make 150 or whatever, and it's pop them in as quick as you can into your CSV, and you play a, a huge amount of volume, and that could get really tricky in itself too. Yeah. Um, and then also you – but you could also make like an MLB. You have usually have a lot more time. You can make a 1,000 lineups and then, and then select from that cohort of lineups in a bunch of different ways. And some lineups are yeah. work better together or worse together. And so the – I don't know. I'm just interested in if you're doing anything like that. Um, yeah, it depends on the field size and who's in it. Um, it's very, it's very subjective to like how top heavy it is, for example, how big it is. Um, NBA, you're like more focused about weighing probability of news and implications of that. So I don't, I don't really like sift and like hand build too hard in NBA. It's more about setting like loose parameters and like hoping for news to work out. But in NFL, I'm basically hand building and I'm hand building for the contest that it's going to be used in. Hmm. You, you mentioned in the spring that you were kind of starting to wind back or wind down your DFS play. What what was the reason for that? Because you also mentioned that you didn't think projections were necessarily getting sharper and projections are your edge. So I am curious then why you would be scaling back. Oh, well, industry projections aren't getting sharper. so. That edge is going to stay there because it's just my projections. I never said that I was scaling back sort of uh, from, a, from, I guess, like winding down because I think the games aren't beatable. Um, I, I probably ran good, but like the last two years have been some of my stronger years. Um, it was just more like a return on time type thing. So just other opportunities in life. Right. So not necessarily. It's just... Um, like for to that, to that end, I would probably never quit NFL because you can get out, get down all this action. And in theory, I could do like 
20, 30, 40 hours a week and get away with it. But if I do 20, 30 hours in NBA, that's like three days of slates and like a third of the action in NFL. So it's like, it's a return on time thing. Like if you told me I could come into this NBA season, exit with like X amount of like winnings, that that number is very, is a big factor in deciding if I want to play NBA. What other stuff all. is um, alluring to you right now to spend your time doing if it's not uh, DFS? Um, I'm into like crypto, VC, PE. Um, a lot of like starting to get into like physical art. Um, so just like branching out all over. And I also wouldn't mind doing like actual front office stuff. Interesting. Have like, you, I've, had, we, I've had opportunities for front office, but it's um, not a not the good time yet. And I don't know. There's like pol political stuff involved where people don't want to. It's it's hard for like a straight gambling quant type to to like get very far in those circles because they like your they like the ex players and stuff like that. The the Harala Bob cautionary tale. I assume you're kind of sure <laughs> referencing. Yeah. 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 Do you, how much of DFS for you is like you, you genuinely enjoy it? You mentioned you do watch some of the games that it is fun for you, or is this just uh, an EV generating exercise? And once it's all gone, you'll, you'll move on to the next thing. No, part of my edge is that I always like sports. So it's, it's a fun exercise. I'd still be watching games if it wasn't really anything on the line. I think you, wow. I think probably like the best players. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm not speaking for everyone, but like, I think it's a pretty good edge to be interested in what you're gambling on. Who, Ryan. who, who are the best players? Let's do it. Who are the best players? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot like, who, should we go by sport? Maybe who NBA? are the ones you respect the most, uh, right now? I've, I've said, I've said on the other pods before who the best guys are. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, who's overrated? Who gets too much shine uh, can't say on, that. on Twitter or podcast? Oh, yes, you can. Why not? <laughs> no, because then, then they're going to like look in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 th you think they'll have a come-to-Jesus moment about their play if you put them on blast? Nobody's watching. <laughs> That's, I, can't, I can't go there. <laughs> Smart. So who – What are you still sitting in all of the high-stakes three-mans if they're – if if they're filling, is that part of your contest selection? Yeah, they yeah they fill here and there. So I mean, it's there's like random players that come by in like the high stakes three man stuff that like don't even play GPPs. But it's it's like really dependent on the week or I don't I don't. There's no really rhyme or reason to those games filling, but they'll fill sometimes. Who do you, if you see if you see you're matched with like what user will you be like shit I don't I don't like this spot like having to go against him in a high stakes three man who who scares you in that regard nobody um like I just have different projections and I I do some scouting of like who I'm playing so that factors into like what I can use and what I like sometimes don't use so it's like sort of understanding player tendencies. DFS player tendencies and um, I'm comfortable enough taking anyone in a three man just because I know my projections are somewhat different, but I actually don't post head to heads for that reason. I think mm -hmm. like it's better suited for like a three or four man 
winner take all type because uh, yeah. the edge and the head to head would be too small. Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I mean I haven't played uh, I rarely play cash games anymore, but I I mean we recommend on here we tell people just don't play three mans. You yeah, know. you get worried yeah. about collusion elements because that's generally the the point against playing three mans. Do I get worried about collusion? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not at this point in time, but there was a point in time where I was worried about collusion. What what changed? They stopped colluding. <laughs> <laughs> Who who's they? I mean, do you remember? Um, like, I guess I'm in a unique position to speak on it because I've been in that lobby since day one. Um, do you remember the Empire tweets? Before he left Twitter? Or Empire uh, Empire Maker on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what the accusations were? God, yeah. Um, what was it, Pete? Uh I think he was just getting cheated or something. I can't remember. It involved Mach Lovin, right? I guess more specific, more specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. The he deactivated, so they. Yeah, yeah. He deactivated, so they're not here for us to reference right now. But um, some of it was hyperbole, but there weren't really any lies told. All of his everything he said regarding collusion on three mans were true. Mm-hmm. They're saying it, yeah. SR, SRN and Mac Levin, yeah. We, and we, I can speak on it better because, you know, I was in there from day one. So I was there before they were colluding, and I was, I'm still here after they stopped colluding. Yeah, it was. So explain, for people who aren't familiar, what, what were they doing? Um, It's like, so I first noticed it in 2021 in like NBA. And then it carried on more aggressively into NFL showdown where you could understand that there is potential for duping among optimal type players. And these are some of the more nitty optimal robotic type players in the industry, right? Like um, if you, if you were to go on like main slate, for example, in the same time frame. So I'm talking about NFL season, 2021 to 2022 if you were to look at main slates for the for that year like Sasima and srn they weren't even posting three mans on main slate but they would play the 50 50s of double ups so now out of the blue they feel like they're confident enough or think they have enough edge to an nfl showdown to post like 100k at three mans where um if you're playing optimal or near optimal the odds of duping another player who's like-minded is like upwards of 40%. It's really high. And so they would go on these three. They'll just like never dupe the whole season. Right. And then the goal is it's pretty egregious. Well, like it's simply like if you don't dupe you're and you're playing near optimal, someone plays the best optimal. Someone plays like, the third most optimal or like one degree of freedom away from optimal, you're in a pretty good spot. And once in a while, your third party is going to do one of you. But as, as long as like, they're not like it, that's, that's, that's worse for the third party because at least they have some chance of duping. Whereas, you know, you're not going to dupe with someone in the contest. And what did you do when you 
realize this was happening, did you immediately stop playing those? Mm. Uh, no, like I had like a, I went on like a crusade of like wanting to just beat them, <laughs> but it was, it was a big difference when like I knew for sure I, I was being colluded against versus like when I wasn't certain. Did you, did you run this up the ladder to, to anyone on these sites trying to, to flag that this was happening? Yeah. Um, so I tracked like a bunch of slates and I was like, it was like 30 slates and I duped probably like eight or nine times in the three mans against some of these guys in, in, in these 30 slates. And this is factoring in that like halfway through, I realized I was being cheated. So like, if I didn't account for that aspect, I'd probably dupe them like 15 times out of the 30 and they never duped with each other in that time frame. Um, oh, the, I guess the, the more egregious part of it was that like half the time they'd have the same entry in the double up 50 fifties, but just different in the three mans. Yeah. That's pretty smoking gun. Right? And so like, right. that's just poor, I guess it's like just poor cheating technique. Cause it's like, not only do you want to include in the three mans, you want to play optimal in the 50 50 when there's like a clear optimal lineup. Yep. And when you let people know that this was happening and I assume presented some of this data, what was the feedback or reception to that? Um, I mean, I first went about it quietly because, like I said, I was trying to win. And there was no clear edge to anyone not if I knew that there was collusion. Um, I mean, but that at that point, it's like most of the top pros who had, by the time like I was bringing it up to DK, most people had already, like most of the pros who like play these games had also brought it up to DK. And um, I think... The fact that they're like a huge public company, they have like a sharp legal team, they're, it's going to be hard to sort of provide the onus of proof. Like they'll throw like jargon at you, like saying like there's a difference between implicit collusion or like explicit collusion, stuff like that. And they don't really understand the mathematical improbability of things. These aren't like DFS players, right? These are suits. And there's a lot of things that they don't understand. Um, so like, and, and even from my perspective, I have to pick my fight because like the way to really win in this scenario is like take them to court, DK that is, if they don't do anything, right? And they were pretty, pretty set on not doing anything. So I have a lot to lose by being on DK's bad side. Do you think there's even a way for them to realistically enforce it under the current setup, or do they need to alter like how three man said? I know Brian has mentioned like an RNG for you know people, and you don't know which room you're necessarily getting placed in. Like, how does this actually get solved or fixed? Um, well, like it affects nobody. Like nobody's playing 10k three man, so you could count them on one hand. So it doesn't really matter, I'd say, and it shouldn't matter. Like if I was in their position, DK's position, I wouldn't care either. Uh, but yeah, the best case would just be the randomizer. Like, say you want to play a three-man, and then they'll match you with people who are willing to play a three-man, and you don't know who you're playing when you go into it. Yeah. That, that, so that is my idea, but it really works much better in uh, non-three-man stuff, like head-to-heads for a small field. Yeah, because they, they would still never dupe, you know? So um, yeah. they, they would screw each other by not playing the, you know, whatever the optimal lineup is when they're not in the same one. So it works a little bit better in three man. You should, they should still do it, but it actually works great in cash games. I think they yeah. should do it in cash games too. And I think casuals would be less 
um, afraid to enter cash games because they just right now they go and they see, oh, you to cows and everything. Great. Now I'm not going to play this 10 yeah. man, you know, $10, 50-50. So uh, I think it would help all around. But I mean, I've, I yeah. think I, I wrote about that like <laughs> in a post somewhere like seven years ago. So that that's probably not happening. How about yeah, it was how just about so, EM2? It was just so funny yeah. that it was just so funny that um, they were they would use the different ones in like the fifty fifty because like like we can I'll put on like my OJ Simpson hat on right now and say that if I was going to collude in those, I would just use different ones off the jump, and then at least you, it's defensible that. Like, oh, I just had a different optimal the whole time. Right. It's a very brazen way um, to choose. Yeah, that's yeah. so clear. Um, so, like, actually, like, if you recall, like, there was, like, I think Empire, he tweeted out something around, initially, this is probably, like, in 2021. So this is, like, peak of when all this stuff was going on. Because um, he was affected by it, too. And, like... It's pretty funny. You could like draw a line in the timeline of events where after he tweeted that they never duped in double ups again. They just ran, they wouldn't dupe in three mans, obviously, but they just ran one lineup each time. Like, like you, sh like they should have been the whole time if you're like cheating smartly. But like literally right after that, there was like 10 more slates. And prior to that, they would be running like different lineups in the 50 50s versus three mans like half the time. But in the last 10 slates after that initial tweet storm never happened again. So from my perspective, basically Empire like publicly shamed them into stopping the operation because by the time the next season rolled rolled around, they weren't even doing three mans anymore. Just so people have a frame of reference for how profitable this kind of cheating would be, can you give like what your expected ROI would be in, in a high stakes three man and then like what kind of ROI no idea. they could potentially yeah. earn from I have doing no idea. that? I mean, in a fair game, it would be like single digit ROIs, mm -hmm. but it's really hard to, uh, I couldn't say for sure. But you think I mean, you're well over was, double digit ROI with the collusion? Only if the other party didn't know about it. Yeah. So I do feel bad for anyone who like was affected by it. Again, it's not many people, but anyone who was affected by it and they didn't know at the time that this was going on. Yeah. EM2 probably got hit pretty hard all right nerdy kenner's on the on the case he's gonna sim it out <laughs> um he actually can uh we uh, how about the other big cheating accusation i have my thought my um my own thoughts on and why are the name oh yeah sarah mac the english dude who plays golf and soccer i don't know so i don't want to speak on it because i don't okay. have any games with him Okay, the same the same accusations over there and those sports and I don't know, I heard that guy on a few podcasts and he doesn't seem like a cheater to me but I don't have any <laughs> evidence at all I mean seriously Pete sometimes Brian's been grinding these body language expert podcasts and now he thinks he can tell he's a cheater <laughs> to yeah I still have that uh, liars some of the the old uh, the poker tells book Mike Cairo just bust that out um, yeah no but seriously he just seems like an, a, a nice guy to me I, I don't know but um, I think I've heard the same ones but. I mean, you could be, be being fooled by an English accent. That's true. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, you know, we did get a couple questions in the Lulz Discord. I wanted to 
uh, pass on. Someone wanted to peek behind the curtain on how you register for every contest in the lobby. I think people are impressed and know the amount of time that even takes. Like, is there, is it just pure grunt work when you're, when you're doing that? Yeah. There's nothing to that. It's just clicking. Click. How long does it it's, take you to, to like register for every single contest on a big slate? Not long now, nowadays. It's not, it's not awful. Like max 30 minutes for NFL. Okay. But it does, okay. it's going to take you 15 minutes at least. Yeah. It's because there's a max. There's a, they have a max in like how many entries you could do. Uh, what is it? 300. 300 each time. So he's got to like do the 300, then 300, then 300. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're doing yeah. that across. Uh, how, how many sites are you playing on these days for say for Just NFL? a two. Just a two. Just, Just a two. two. FanDuel. Good. Yeah. DK. Stay away from Yahoo. Not welcome. <laughs> I did that uh, best ball because I know Pete does the best ball stuff. I did the best ball like uh, live draft though. Were you yeah, there? I heard you. I heard you tapped uh, Chess Liam as your as your coach. Yeah, I never did it before, so I wanted to, some input. Yeah, how did how how was that experience? Because that was like a, a whole thing, a live draft. You guys had the podiums out there. How did that go? It was pretty quiet, honestly. There wasn't like too much banter going on, so like. If they made an event out of it, it wouldn't even be that good. Yeah, it was like people like were pretty locked in. What what made you want to want to do it? It sounds like this was kind of a one off best ball experience for you. Was it just being able to get a, a a big amount of action down on a on a single draft? Partially, but I won the entry in a qualifier. So oh, okay, I can tell you, Pete. It's called yeah. TMM syndrome. Too much, but it's money. actually zero rake. <laughs> that that was that was no rake. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they should do more of that. Um, I think I think that would actually be a nice boon to DFS is some some rake reform. Yeah, considering they were doing no rake, they should have marketed it more as like a, you know, something for the people. Because they well, were. What was your experience with Liam? He famously was my chess coach. I taught him how to play best ball. It's it's been working out for both of us. Did you have a good experience with Liam? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a, like a very wholesome dude. I hope he does well in the in the streaming streets with the best ball content. Yeah, no, he's he's out there grinding. I'm curious if you're watching Liam. Do you watch our show? <laughs> or no, I don't, watch, I don't watch his stuff, but um, I know <laughs> what he's up to because, like, oh, you guys, you guys, um, I've I've seen a handful. I've seen a handful. Okay. That, that's are you good. are you as done with all the Sims talk as everyone else? People, we did like five straight episodes, and we're starting to get pushback. Yeah, I mean, there's still only so much you can say. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys still gonna keep going down that path? No. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get out of the sim. Oh, we we, didn't, we the wanted sim to stop that game. <laughs> we wanted to stop like a month ago. Yeah, but the thing know. is, it, it, we we got to get you coming on here talking about DFS collusion. We need another DFS site to implode or have some internal drama. This is, I mean, people got to give us fodder to give out there. Otherwise, we just fall back to Sims talk. Yeah, well, I mean that's the nature of dealing in like a super niche <laughs> industry. This is where super niche? No, we got three hundred thirty-three people watching you right now, Yuda. I mean, this okay. is a decent. Is that considered niche. high for you guys? Uh, I don't know. It's probably about average for our for our for our shows. No, it's 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 higher than a normal. You're you're pulling in views, Yuda. You're pulling yeah, in views. that you are. You know how much money <laughs> this is gonna make this this show. How about how about this? How about speaking of money, some fun stuff people I'm sure people want. Like uh 
what's your biggest downswing, you know, whatever period you want, you know, however long you want to do some, some number that would break someone's brain. It's like billions, like two, three million. Two, th you lost two, three billion. In no, no, million. Okay. <laughs> okay. I heard brilliant. Two, three, yeah. two, three million. That's actually not that bad. I would guess, I would have guessed more. It's not that bad. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you're going to go through the downswing, you want it to be fast, though. You don't. You want to go straight down. You don't want to like grind out small losses for months. My guess is people listening to you will just say, you know, this guy's a robot. He probably doesn't process emotions. Like, do those downswings? Do they hit you? Do they ever alter your play? Are you susceptible to human emotions, Yuta? Well, actually, I normally go at like eighty percent effort. So when I start losing, I'll like dial it in a little closer. That's okay. about it, though. Like. We've I've been through a lot of the swings. So, what does that other twenty percent um, represent when you're cruise control versus dialed in? It's kind of like, kind of like empty head setting the stuff when I could be engaged. Just like I've had a lot of reps. Like I've done the ten thousand hours here, so I could get by on like non max effort. Mm -hmm. um, it's I mean partially is like yeah, there's like some stress factors at play, but like it's really out of your control. I'll like diagnose what I'm doing. If I did anything wrong, if I had bad luck, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. hmm. What were the other questions Pete we had from discord? Anything else in there? Uh, let's see. Oh, well, we, we kind of, we already asked you a little bit about what kind of stuff you might be looking to do outside of, of DFS. Someone wanted me, I think it was on your pod with Levitan, you said you only play alphas. Someone wanted a little bit more on your lineup construction process. They weren't uh, buying that you just play the best place. What was the context like? Um, I, I actually no, like, yeah, given, like, yeah, given a non-alpha and an alpha. Yeah, I'll take the alpha. Yeah. And this I guess is like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I like playing guys who are good in real life, not just good in fantasy, I guess. Gotcha. Can you give an example of, of maybe uh, uh, something like A good example. Uh, Puka Nakua has more points than Ayuk. Gotcha. But Ayuk is a borderline top 10 receiver, and Puka right. is like maybe 20. Gotcha. So is this like an art form, just, just determining who, who's alpha and who's not? I mean, there's like, okay, so when games are tight or like there's high leverage games, there's certain players that are undeniable where the, they'll beat the matchup regardless of what the matchup is versus players who can be schemed a little, schemed out. And this is even more applicable in like NBA. Mm. And where it generally relates to like how alpha you are, like your build, like you're not going to be able to guard size and speed, but you can guard scheme and, you know, coaching with just like s smart smart defense well that that's actually a funny because uh, a huge talking point this past week was devon achan's uh ownership in contest bryant actually surprisingly near the top of the uh the dfs pros there but uh, how do you think about stuff like that right where is this hot topic is he a good play is he a bad play? Do you take big stances, portfolio stances on, on a single player, like say on an NFL main slate, or are you pretty smoothed out? I'm fairly smoothed out, but it just depends on the context of the lineup. I'm sure there's like a lot of lines where he was a good play and lineups where he's a bad play. It just depends on like how you're using it. Yeah. 
I mean, I, that's kind of what I was getting at where when you were, you know, exporting files from your optimizer or what you're doing, you know, what do you like? Do you consider combos a lot when you're getting those lineups when you're hand building and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm considering the combos all the time. Um, but it's really field based. Like I, I sort of know what a good lineup looks like. So I just try to aspire to keep doing that. I know it's not very helpful to like go into it, but. Um, there's rarely like a truly bad play because if it's a shitty play, you can just say it's contrarian. <laughs> well, that's what I generally try. Everyone to knows that trick. Yeah, that's, a, that's an easy trick. Now you just say my sim told me it was a good lineup. That's, that's the new trick. You <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blame the Sims. So, right. so you, so you really, you're, I mean, you are, uh, you are the alpha brain player then. I mean, you're, you're not, you're not doing any portfolio theory stuff or anything like that. You're kind of, you know, what looks good. You're making your own projections. You're seeing what's going around in the industry, whatever else you're putting in these hours and clicking, clicking, making the lineups yourself essentially, or optim putting in so many rules, to the optimizer, they'll kind of spit out them the way you would do it anyways. Yeah, that's sort of like the goal, but that is a really intensive process um, where like I can I can just click it and the result would be something maybe similar to the sim would do. But the inputs are so unique and coming from a different starting point that even if the endpoints are kind of similar, I'm still being different. You and, and you, and you, and you have you tested your projections against reality like store that database and then make sure you're accurate no but like i'm not really concerned about it well um once you have all the money i'll, I'll look at i'll look at all the players that are like pretty good players and see what they're doing and that's like a decent barometer um but yeah sometimes i'm like fairly judgmental of what i see there as well so that actually makes me feel better about my own my own uh play style there's there's lots of people in the chat today uh commenting about how they've given you lots of money over the years in dfs <laughs> contests can, can you give these people the the hand builders of the world out there a tip what's what's one way they can improve their dfs play get a little bit of that money back from yuda over the coming weeks <laughs> there's no there's not there's no like i guess uh there's no one trick to solve it. I think structure, structure your stuff to the contest size and the payouts more. I guess that's probably not thought about as hard as it should be. So let's, let's say we have a 500 man, you know, hundred K to first $800. How am I structuring that different than the, uh, you know, a hundred thousand man, $5 entry. Oh, um, well, 500 man, 100K to first is rather top heavy. Yeah. So it's not that far off reality. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that would just be correlate heavy and find some type of lower ownership in there. At some, at, it doesn't really need to be across the lineup, just like a, at a spot or two. But then in the, in the jackpot thing, you just have to go, go like really low ownership. You don't have to correlate as hard because um, you have to independently hit the nuts in like four spots versus two. Mm -hmm. You said four 
I assume you're using the optimizer for your 150 sets, but you did mention hand building. Are you hand building some of the the single entry and the smaller field stuff? So yeah, I hand build all those. Yeah. Okay. I hand build all the small field stuff. What like, about like the wild high stakes stuff? Um, I'm still hand building. It's just like more of a approved a lineup, but there's still plenty of manual edits going on there. Oh, okay. But if it's a higher stakes thing, I just might make a whole different set. Are you using that little swap out feature? I, I don't know if you use Fantasy Gretcher, yeah. but that little swap out feature, you know, you build some lamps and then ah, I want to swap this guy and this guy. I do. Yeah. Uh, like I would do that if say my one quarterback has like too much of a certain guy, like sometimes the projection just works out too well. That's actually a sign that um, that play might get overused when like the convenience of the stack from a price sensitivity standpoint, uh, if like it's uncomfortable to like fit in a certain play over a different receiver, you might get like 80% on one receiver and 20% on an equal receiver just from a price sensitivities. And they'll end up being like 30% versus 8%. Hmm. So like that's sort of like a portfolio diversification more than like, um, like if, if you're bullish on the quarterback, it could happen in a variety of ways, but pricing drives it towards one. And I think the Sims have that flaw too. I, uh, Pete, you were going to highlight something, but I do have a question. Yeah, do it. Uh, the, uh, like we talked, we've talked about a decent amount lately on like the future of DFS. What will it look like in five years, 10 years? Uh, like thinking, thinking back to, let's say 2016, would you say the games have gotten considerably harder about the same for the average Joe, you know, not the Uticals of the world. Um, and then, and then ha having that in mind, where does what is what does it look like five years from now? Yeah, I don't think it's gotten considerably harder. It's just been it's more analytically inclined now. So we've in that time the industry's been able to quantify concepts of like stacking and like gotten like marginally better at projecting. So yeah, it's gotten harder. Um, but you have to approach it with the understanding that the field is behaving somewhat differently. So you act you pull a different lever to create something that's plus ev um i i mean for a new player coming in it's never been tougher for sure um as far as the future there's it's not really going to change to a large extent um it's a pretty mature field and like industry at this point do you, do you think competition matters at all? FanDuel goes away, Yahoo goes away. Yeah, I mean that's all at the margins. Like you might, they might get you, you'll you'll get raked more in that scenario. So it all matters. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna get better, I guess, but it's not gonna get terribly worse. Is my is my view on it? There was a question earlier that that reminds me to uh, pull up. Someone wanted you to expand on how you know uh if your if your process is bad or if a way to actually evaluate your play that's something we talk about here it is from javier can you ask him um if you are playing bad or if you are just running bad like what kind of things can you do to actually evaluate um i'm not in a position to answer that <laughs> because you've uh, never ran bad i don't know i've run bad <laughs> Um, you never played bad, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it's it's hard if it from that from that scenario it's it's very difficult um just really just study the good players in that at that point and if you're if you're creating some type of semblance of what they're putting out you're probably fine you, you say study the good players give it if someone wanted to make a basket of usernames to review to improve their play give, give me four names of lineups that people could look at uh after contests yeah i don't want to say that's <laughs> Can you give us one? Do people need one one uh, user to we'll go, go off um, and see what they're doing? Yeah, we'll go uh, pod favorite Ricky D. Okay. Wow. Ricky what D. Do you, Ricky D. And showdown. About what do you respect about Ricky D.'s play? Well, <laughs> it's it's clear he optimizes and sims well. Uh, I'll say Ricky D. And showdown. Okay. So just play a bunch of defenses and kickers. <laughs> <laughs> No, nobody said that was a nobody said that's a bad strategy. No, I know. I, 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 I look at Ricky's lineups too. How, how about like one thing you've learned where you were watching maybe an epiphany, uh, generally speaking, or you were reviewing someone's lineup and like, why, why didn't I think of that? I'm gonna do that now. I don't really have that, but I mean, I've adjusted my own stuff like accounting for swaps better over time, but these are all just things that are more like at, at the margins. Um, but like maybe people don't build for swap enough or like don't swap enough, but we, we all know that, right? Like it's, it's a lot to get to. Um, that's, that's what I think. That's what I think I'm more scared of about in the future. If someone makes the opto swap optimizer. Yeah, that's coming. That's coming. Um, do you swap a lot in NFL? Uh, like it's really hard to get to, so um, I I do it for like my high stakes stuff, and if I have a good sweat going, I'll swap. But it's hard to wholesale swap. Yeah, very hard. But I mean, so like, you, if there's no injury news, you'll still get on your computer at whatever one, two o'clock, and then go, okay, let's look through these high stakes lamps and swap around. Versus well, this is more something you're doing at three forty, but yeah. Well, whatever, whatever, you know what I mean. I'm just, I don't know. You yeah. you put in forty hours. Chess okay puts in eighty hours. I don't know what time you start that swap process, but yeah. So like you'll, but you well, need like you, you need the you need the three forty information to be able to do it right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it's uh, two o'clock here, right? Yeah, two o'clock usually. Yeah. The news comes out in yeah. Central Time, I think, but. It, not a, yeah, not I mean, but that's that's just on. that's just it's news cycle stuff. It's not it's not results stuff. Well, what I was saying also too is like re regardless of news. So there's not a Cam Akers gets ruled out thing. It's you're. Yeah. You, I'm trying to ask like you'll look in a high yeah, then, compare what the guys have up top, and then change based on what they ha you think they will have. Do you do that? You just you you're just cognizant of what you might have to swap into at that point, but you don't have enough information to do a swap. If that makes sense. Sure. Uh, Yuda, before we let you go, was there any questions I should have asked? Anything you want to get off your chest with this this platform here? Because, you know, Adam had the condoms on, wasn't letting you fire off all those hot takes that I know are deep <laughs> within you. Now, now's the time, man. I got them out. I got them out. You guys did good. 
<laughs> Brian, do you have any uh, final comments here before we get out of here? Yeah, we got we got some. Like, uh, uh, I mean, we got to ask him, you know, what team he's on. Um, oh yeah. Do you? Yeah, you're uh, right. Do you, uh, are there any fighting opportunities in the DF West? Do you want to fight Mach Lovin? Do you want to challenge him here? Would you? Yeah. Would you and any kind of mixed martial arts be interested in in going after Mach Lovin in the ring? I don't think he's like gonna. He can't really, really do anything front facing in the DFS space. So, but no, you, you should you should ask Empire when when he comes back. Yeah, he'll be we, back. We do need, we're overdue to get Empire Maker uh, on here. But yes, and as the question we do end all of our shows with, are you on Team Run Pure Sports or Ship It Nation? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was like an ongoing thing. Like, oh yeah, it's it's didn't, big. Didn't yeah, didn't run here like just hire everyone. It sounds like you might be more front running with Run Pure. No love for the little guys I, I, over there. I just can't speak on Scoop and Tambo. I know you guys had a whole pot on. I don't know. Hey, right. well, okay. if how about this? If you kind of you know in the next week or so kind of have an epiphany, like no, I am on Team Ship and Nation. Just DM it to Brian or I, and then we'll put a public okay. service announcement out there. We'll get a graphic made. Uticao shockingly pivots from Team Run Pure Sports to Ship It Nation. You know, I got another thing too. Is your Twitter Uticao? Because uh, I thought we follow each other, but I don't think we do. Do you have a Twitter? Yeah, that's me. I just use it to DM though at this point. Oh, okay. So that's. I, I, haven't, I haven't tweeted. Got that's it. Me. Okay. I'll, okay. I'm going to follow you here in a second. Yeah, it's like exactly like your name too, right? Yeah, yeah, I got you. You're verified too. Got uh, it. You got to get that to DM. There you go, Yuda. Uh, uh, I'll drop your your Twitter uh, down here. Anything else you you'd like to plug? People, things to for people to check out uh, while you're here. No, you guys are good. Any content site uh, opportunities for you? Coming <laughs> up? I effectively plugged ETR in the last in the last stuff. So go go get ETR. <laughs> Hang there on. All right. Jennings is screaming at He's me. He's got a question. He, he wants to know okay. your – yeah, go ahead, Pete. Yeah, please ask you to what his information diet looks like, both for DFS and life in general. What content are you consuming, Yuta? I think pretty independently, so it's not as if um, I'm relying on any content. I have certain Twitter lists, and then um, for, for sports, it's the same as all of you guys. How about how about life? Do you follow any any uh, you know Naval whatever? <laughs> um, are you doing no, cold plunges kidding. out there? What are we doing? You are you, like, yeah. are you deep into libertarian theory? Uh, are you eating liver? Uh, I, I do. I do. Like I'll, I'll I'll do some reading on the side, and that's more like unplugging. Um, people are people are uh, over consuming. So okay. you think it's a, it's a hazard. They might right. be. Hey, unless you listen into lulls, you can always binge these podcasts to your heart desire. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go back and watch the last 20. There you go. Uh, you, I'll even let you watch them at 2x speed, Yuda. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, Brian, any uh, final words here? Nah, nah. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good luck. Not that you need it, but um, you know, stop taking everyone's money. Don't be so greedy. Leave a little for the rest of us. <laughs> Just a little. 
just a little. No, yeah, genuinely appreciate right. you uh, swinging by. Brian, I already noticed in our mentions, uh, Whistles. Whistles wants to come back on the show. Oh, did you see that? I didn't. All right. There you go. Gets the little uh, head nod from you to there. So we'll see what uh, what we can do there. Otherwise, appreciate you guys. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Do you have a take on Whistles? Come on. Is he a fed? Do you think <laughs> he's a fed? Good. He's a good player. Good player. But fed, also possibly. A fed. What's up? Bo both teams played hard. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a sharp player. All right. Okay. It sounds like uh, Yuta is confirming that Whistles is also a Fed. Uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, we'll get the audio up for this podcast. We're here every Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Brian, parting shots. We out of here? No. No. Don't be a Fed. Don't, Don't do be a it. Fed. Don't be a snitch. Thanks yeah. to Yuta. We'll see you guys next time. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.